Welcome everyone to another episode of Modern Day Wizards. I'm Callan Lee and today I'm joined by my good friend Jesse Boudreau who is a teacher of permaculture, wild crafting, and pranic living. And he's also, I would say he is the most heart-centered man I have ever met in my life. So thank, thank you very much for coming on and t- t- talking with me, Jesse. Oh, blessed love, Callan. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going for. And it, just to, um, I, I really feel this thing to be in the world mm-hmm. in this time. It's key to live your truth, you know, mm-hmm. and be the change you want to see in the world. And, you know, I have felt this my whole life. Of like, why can't we all just be more loving and kind? Mm-hmm. This is a heaven realm. Why don't we have more fun? Yep. So thank you for seeing me. Yeah, you're a beautiful example. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank and it's, uh, it's really amazing. It's not just how much positivity you're putting out, but you obviously have so much energy. I've been to, you know, we've, you've uh, had classes, you have co- classes on like building cob houses and also uh, a wild foraging in the middle of the mountains and uh, also like a uh, uh, preserving foods through, oh, what was it called? I can't think of the word. Lacto-fermentation. Yeah, right. So, and, and all of those things, you know, I, I helped you make some videos so people can actually go and watch those. Um, but I, I was always amazed how much energy you had because, we're, you know, in a lot of those, we're doing fairly active activities. And then you tell me that you are basically like, I mean, I don't know if we'd say full breatharian, but you're definitely far along on the breatharian journey. Like you eat very little. You, if you eat, you're generally eating once a day within a very small window and you're eating a fairly minimal amount of things. And um, it's really quite amazing. And you're not, you don't look unhealthy. You, in fact, I've always thought you were pretty ripped. You know, you're pretty, you're a sturdy dude. And so uh, basically... <laughs> You were kind of my introduction into breatharianism, and it was something I always felt like I felt in my heart was true, but, you know, it's just it seems so ridiculous to people because we're told that it's not. And you opened me up to that, and then you also introduced me to Elatom Elamine, who is like a full breatharian. Like, he doesn't eat anything, like, pretty much ever, and you hosted him at your house for like a week and a half or something, and uh, I came and met him, and um, like... You said that he didn't eat or drink anything when he was there, right? He was here for like 11 days and he didn't eat or drink one thing. He stayed out in my Cobb cottage and, um, you know, just we sun gazed together, did Qigong. He taught, we hiked all over the mountains. He's, he's very fit, you know, uh, and he's in his fifties. Um, and you know, he's similarly a kind hearted soul. Really. He, he's, you know, a Capricorn. So he's got a gruff, no no bs nature but, but his heart is pure and he really you know cares about people and the world and health and sharing the message of the potential possibility of pranic living it's really a truth and it's like a skill set anyone can develop i'm not unique i'm not different neither is he the only difference is that we've been disciplined we've been disciples unto ourselves and practicing a lifestyle that's conducive to really healthy, you know, a really healthy, joyful experience. Yeah. Um, so that's really the crux of it. It's not so much the end goal of not being able to eat, you know, being able to go without eating, yeah. uh, but more the end goal of being extraordinarily healthy and happy and, you know, and whole because yeah. it's a thing of 
or self-organized energy fields. We have these electromagnetic dynamo, you know, that organizes our system and we're in a sea of energy and we can tap into this, but you can't just go off of eating. You can't just go from eating steak and pizza and everything and then just put tape over your mouth and then you're your breatharian. Mm-hmm. You have to strengthen the energetic channels through meditation. Yeah, you that's... Have to do- that's how, why people tend when they think about it and they go and look at the research, you know, there's lots of, exam- of examples where people were like, I'm going to be a breatharian because I believe that it's possible and they'll go and they'll just kind of stop. Right. And, but the body has built itself to be totally dependent on a certain source of energy, a certain source of like various compounds. And it can't just, you can't just stop and then think it's going to figure out how to survive without that. Right. You have to go through a slow, gradual process and elatom says it took him 20 years or something like that yeah yeah i've been i'm i'm about year 11 nice you know it was around 2010 2011 i was experiencing all kinds of health issues problems with celiac you know casein lactose you know allergies and you know uh meat you know, I was a Buddhist, but I could, you know, and I dabbled with vegetarianism for a while, but always came back to meat eating. And, um, you know, I, uh, in that time, about 2010, 2011, you know, my wife kind of turned me on to raw food and another lady, my good friend, Dre, love you, Dre, um, uh, turned me on to raw food and I got a Vitamix and, you know, all this, I, at the same time, I started sun gazing and meditating again because I was needing more wholeness and balance in my spirit and my mind, you know. And uh, all, you know, how it is with life, all these interesting things happen. You start doing things and things start threading together and, you know, you find new things. And, you know, so I'd come across sun gazing just because I was into consciousness exploration, you know, and meditation. And I undertook the practice of doing 10 seconds at the first hour or the last hour of the day, you can sun gaze without any um, ill effects because the sun rays are attenuated by the oblique angle that they hit the atmosphere. So um, you can stare at it and the full spectrum light stimulates the broadening cones in your eyes. It decalcifies your pineal gland and it harmonizes your electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. Um, So you start with 10 seconds, first aid, then 20 then 30 took me a year to get up to 45 minutes at which I had point. I had one of the most profound experiences of my life. I put it up there with my first psychedelic experience, my first tantric experience with my wife and the birth of my children. Mm-hmm. It was that profound. Um, and it, I could feel that there was a transformation that had occurred, you know, and it's this thing of like, we're energy beings, energy powers the mitochondria, not food per se mm-hmm. there's electricity and energy in food there's biophotons that you can measure through curly and photography and all types of foods and some foods have greater energy so it's about just increasing your forms of energy intake so, and your concentration on energy so you've been with me on my hikes and my workshops i'm grounded all the time i'm always barefoot yep <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> I, I try to get as much sun as possible we're always in as ellie tom says we're energy beings in a sea of energy does a fish know it's in the ocean mm-hmm. you know yeah um so this is a reality it's something from our ancient past you know that once you open up the di- diaphragmatic 
breathing through fasting and cleansing and juicing. Once you once you do the various practices, you know, um, uh, cultivation of your sexual energy being mm-hmm. a massive part, uh, and also your psychic energy. It's a huge thing. Like um, not taking on uh, relationships that are going to drain you. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be in relationships where like you just you see that person and you're stoked. You know. And it, and how many times do we say that this relationship feeds me or this work feeds me? It literally does. Mm-hmm. So it's about increasing that vibration of energy and joy. And that's, and eventually you can get off food. So it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm curious specifically about uh, sun gazing, gazing. So just some basic questions. Like if someone is looking at the sun even for like 10 seconds, even when it just comes above or is about to go below the horizon, they'll get, you know, they'll get little blind spots in their eyes temporarily. So is that not something that they should worry about? Is that? That's a good uh, point. It's important to then palm after the 10 seconds, you palm and, and uh, let the light play and the the little green um, spots fade. And then your vision is returned. Uh, it it doesn't harm vision. What's what happens where people get like burned corneas? That's usually at an eclipse. When someone looks in an eclipse in full daylight, full sun, wow. never sun gazed before, you know, and it goes from dark to like bright, you know, super bright. So the the retina, you know, or the uh, iris opens up to receive the light, and then all of a sudden it's hit with high intensity light. So this is this is much different, and you can also, if it's too intense for you, you can also do it through your eyelids closed. You'll mm. still get the benefit. Mm. So, what, what if they're in a valley with mesas on either side, and the sun actually <laughs> comes up later than you know the actual true horizon? Would it be dangerous at that point? Yeah, that's a challenge there. Yeah, you got to get to where you can get you know pretty good horizon mm. um, because especially, you know, there's some mountainous valleys where you're really just getting like the full intensity sun all day, you know? So though it is interesting, they did, they tried in Nam to uh, do some, like uh, the Viet Cong tried to torture some of the American soldiers by uh, pulling their eyes open, uh, you know, having their eyes manipulated to be open and having them stare at the sun all day. And a lot of them had like their vision corrected and not really problems. You know, so we've been told the sun is bad for us, but if this is one of the sources of life, yeah. on the, you know, this is a key part of life on this planet. Totally. It's how skin forms, even, you know, so I hate to do, uh, I can't agree with that. Like it, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not sensible with my experience, you know? Yeah. The, the sun is really, you can think about it. I can't think of an example. Well, I guess oxygen, oxygen would be an example of energy available to us, which didn't come from the sun necessarily it might have formed in a sun or something like that but it maybe didn't come from our sun um but it seems like everything else is there anything else that isn't from the sun yeah i mean this is all stuff this whole planet is all the amalgamation of the leftover star stuff right after the the star formed in the accretion disc there was all this leftover debris that became you know the planets Mm -hmm. um so it's and everything, you know, that's a very fun, you know, 
rabbit hole to go down because there's this this whole oneness of all creation, you know, and that, like, for instance, hydrogen is the most abundant form of abundant element in the universe. Um, And then you look at that as above, so below reflection, the most abundant thing on earth is water, which is primarily hydrogen, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, it, it is all these leftovers of stars, you know, that create our planets and create our bodies, you know, and the whole thing of it's all just energy. It's all, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, an illusion, not that it's not real, but it's a projection of consciousness, you know, and and it's just energy. This table is here and I'm here and I can touch and there seems to be mass and density, but it's 98% or more space, you know? So, and just energetic particles moving. Yeah. And the energy can take different forms. It can take the form of a sugar, which your body turns into glucose. It can take the form of a fat, which turns into ketones, which your body uses as energy. It can turn, take the form of infrared light, which turns your water in your cells to structured water, creating a battery type situation. Like there's just so many, I mean, just, or just, you know, heat, you know, heat is a transfer of energy to your body. When you're feeling warm, it's because you are receiving energy. And so there's so many ways and the body's using all of these ways all the time, but it prioritizes certain ones because we give well, it to it readily, you know, like food. But if mm-hmm. it is taught, if it doesn't have as much food and, and it has given the availability of another source of energy, it'll slowly learn to you take, take in more of that energy. So, Yes, it's like, uh, you know, the whole field of epigenetics. This is how this has worked for me, you know, is just slowly slowly you know expanding it started with me moving to raw food which was way way more bio photons you know uh way more water uh and you know that cleaned me up significantly you know and adding these other practices on helped and then eventually i got into you know trying some fasting and some water fasting Mm -hmm. and eventually breakfast left i just wasn't hungry until one you know and then dinner, you know, lunch left. It got to, you know, be dinner time before I'd want anything. And we're creatures of habit and, and pleasure. So what is pleasurable to us, we habituate to, you know. So if we break out of those habits, we sometimes find even greater pleasures. Yeah. So that's the thing of this is, is people would be like, why would you ever want to not eat food? And it's like, I can eat food. That's the thing is like, now I have the option. Yeah, I don't have to eat, but I can also eat food, yep. you know? Um, and so it's this whole, you know, thing of just stretching slowly, slowly. Then I got to doing dry fasting and I'd start with like 16 hours and then I got into, you know, 32 and then 48. And, you know, so my longest dry six fast was 96 hours, wow. you know, um, Drinking water, right? Food or water. And so that already is beyond what science says you can do, you know? Um, But yeah. um, And then this, the longest, you know, sort of the whole thing is about building it into your lifestyle that, and in a comfortable way, you never want to be like overextending yourself. And Ayurveda, they talk about, it's important to, exert yourself and it's equally important not to overexert yourself 
mm-hmm. you know, because you'll swing back. You have to fast and then refeed. You have to have, you know, give your body time to make this adjustment and stretch slowly, slowly, you know. So um, the, the longest continuous fast I did, I just completed, it was 30 days, or it was 36 days, and about 18 of which I had no food or water. And so I would do a day of 24 hours dry fasting and a day of refeeding where I do a 16 or 18 hour dry fast and then refeed for, you know, six hours mm-hmm. roughly, and then go back into a 24 and then refeed, you know, at the end of the 24 for a couple hours mm-hmm. and then 16, 18 refeed. And I tell you, man, I've never felt better in my body. Wow. Um, but in my consciousness, I started to feel sad because I was going away from my family. They would sit and have dinner and everything, and I'd just be, I'm just going to read over here. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that becomes a massive component, you know. You really have to be real about the thing and honest with yourself and your relationships and timing of life. Like, I'm still in my householder years. Yeah. So I don't expect to fully activate this pranic experience i don't even want to until i'm beyond that Mm -hmm. because i want to maintain this sense of connection with my family and you know imbibing things together is important so i just drink juice and tea and broth while everyone's all my family eats meat you know they're eating burgers and you know everything and you know and i'm but that still gives me a sense of like i'm connected with them and we're you know in community and Mm -hmm. in relation so um it's one of the few places in modern day where human, where our families actually get together is at the, t- the dinner table. Yep. And there's my whole growing up through permaculture and herbalism, you know, is this love of food and herbs and their ability to benefit and inform our bodies and grow our consciousness as well and in, imbue us with more nobility even, you know. So um, it's really a, just a fun path, you know, of connection, relationship, you know, and fulfillment like real fulfillment interestingly is through having less i want to i want to ask you about your so you made a video after your recent month-long fasting thing and it was a little hard to hear what you were saying because there was music going on but i i remember hearing something about you were talking about something emotional like you were almost there was some emotional aspect where it almost made it feel like you weren't smoking as much, you know, you were, um, marijuana and stuff like that. And so that, and I, I think you said something about it because you were, you were almost too sensitive for that. Is that, did I hear that right? No, it was, my throat was too sensitive, I see. you know, when you're dry fasting, uh, cannabis has been a wonderful power plant for me. Division plants is partly what set me on this path, you know, of becoming an herbalist of learning permaculture of, exploring consciousness and it's been a, a, a totem for me um and over the course of the dry fast i had a detox i felt it in my throat and in my brain leaving and i felt better mm. for it you know and i that's the thing of it is on this path like all of the neuro all of the things that are in plants that inform or heal our bodies or our consciousness, the consciousness, you know, vision sort of plants like cannabis, all those uh, neurotransmitters and stuff are in the plants. Nettles has norepinephrine and serotonin and 
you know, neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. Cannabinoids, you have endogenous cannabinoids, but cannabinoids are also in the environment. You know, uh, you also have dimethyltryptamine in your pineal gland. And enough of a dump of your endogenous serotonin would be like a psilocybin trip. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going for is the secrets and the secretions. If I can open up my own body and consciousness, I don't need the plants. I don't need to even, you know, part of what I'm embracing here is a himsa lifestyle of, you know, non-violence. Uh, like, I only want to benefit other being, beings. And so that was a great thing for me to be able to enable just moving to vegetarianism and veganism. And this is a, yet a greater level of, like, I can just, I'm actually eat more than anyone, as Jasmine, Jasmine Heen says, I eat all day from the chronic field. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm constantly eating. And we all are. But it's it's like attuning yourself to this awareness and practice through the various um, um, methods available to to build this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can look at, you just mentioned that we're basically always feeding, we're always eating. And, and we can look at, like, if you took away one of the th- sources of energy that you need, how long could you last without it? And food you can last month or even months probably. And, um, but that's not the case for air. For example, you can last two minutes maybe. (laughs) Right. So it's just like you are getting a huge, most of your energy is coming from air. And so if you can optimize that and add other options like sun gazing, and you also, you also talk about how you have various meditation practices. So you tell us about those and why those are helpful for this process. Yeah. Meditation is the foundation of this because it's really, um, you know, this thing of you being an energy and these energy channels that run through the body. And now you can find Western science has like studied this to the point where you can actually electrically find all the acupressure points and energy channels that the ancients had mapped out in Chinese traditional medicine, etc. Um, so this is very much a real thing. You are an electrical being. And so, and they, they've done this with some of the Korean photography and other stuff too, where um, uh, uh, measuring your electromagnetic field. If you meditate, you start to get heart brain coherence. This is something the Stanford heart method, Institute has been studying. And when you're in uh, brain heart coherence, your electromagnetic field is like essentially self-organized uh, and it's, and it's really strong. Um, but if your, your thought and your, your feeling aren't connected, it makes dissonance. And how much of us live, how many of us live in that sense of like, you know, our mind and our heart aren't connected in our work and our words and our things we do you know, because we feel like we have to do this thing or that to, you know, for our survival. Mm-hmm. What if we could do away with that and be in our truth, you know, and be in our sovereignty and our wholeness and, you know, be this self-stable electromagnetic, you know, field that we're just giving and receiving energy yep. freely mm-hmm. because there's no need to worry. We're just part of a oneness in sharing. So, um, Man, I go off on tangents left and right. Dude, that's a, I don't see that as a tangent. That was beautiful. Uh, I do want to cool. know about the specific like, meditation practice that you, you, yeah. that you do. So uh, the one I, I love, there's two or three that I love. 
Um, my mainstay is the Vajrayogini heart center practice, where essentially the very gist of it, to make it as simple as possible, is you're meditating and you're just putting your heart, your awareness on your heart center and just feeling your heart. Like how many times, like we're always up here like thinking blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. How much do you feel? Like we got to get, that's what Trumbalom Melchizedek says. We got to get out of our heads and back into our hearts. And this is the first organ that forms, you know, um, not the brain, but the heart. So we're really heart beings primarily. So, uh, you know, sort of the teaching is you have this indestructible heart center. And this uh, correlates with our discussion a little bit earlier about the physics of the possibility of this. There's a man named Nassim Hermine, who's a self-taught physicist who has a grand unified field theory that's under peer review and standing up so far. Hmm. And he proves we're all infinite because we're infinitely divisible and that this, that all cells and all um, beings and planets and the, the galaxy all have this toroidal field. And the emanation point is a singularity at the center, which is the heart field. Yep. And love is essentially a zero point energy field. So that's, I feel this to be the most potent, you know, most important part of a meditation is to recenter into our heart because in Chinese traditional medicine, they say the heart um, is the emperor. It guides the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times your brain wants to do this, but your heart is doing something totally different, mm-hmm. you know? So and go with the heart. It's the center chakra. You know, there's three chakras above and three below. Yeah. It's, and, it's the know, harmonization. What's that? Sorry. It's the harmonization point. Yeah. And there's so many, as I started to, several years ago, I got into getting the health and I went through a similar journey as you did, healing myself, becoming vegetarian, becoming vegan, um, other practices and stuff like that. And you eventually get, you know, you start opening yourself up to other possibilities and you listen to lots of other people and all kinds of people from all kinds of different perspectives are all saying, and I'm hearing that the heart is the place. You know, that's, that's basically the theme of the last several years of my life. And, you know, I, I even just um, interviewed a Rosicrucian uh, in the last uh, interview on this podcast. And that's, that's basically the teaching of, of that whole, I don't know, mystery school or religion or whatever you want to call it. But it really does. I mean, even of Christianity, the heart seems to be a pretty major theme. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like there's something really powerful going on there. So you have you have a meditation where you are focused on your heart and you're breathing in and out of it, right? That's the heart math meditation, basically? Yeah, you're just simply relaxing in whatever position is most comfortable to you, but so long as you can really relax and really breathe. And, you know, people get into all this crazy breath work. You know, I love that people are getting into breath work, but most people are just trying to get high, you know? <laughs> Um, this, this is different. This is like trying to relax and trying to move into your feeling, you know, but we're not trying to get high right now. We're trying to get real, you know? Um, so, and this whole wisdom of like, it's better to be kind than to be right. You know, we always want to be right up here, but is that always the best? Right. So, you know, remembering that and getting back into our heart center and becoming that, you know, it's much more natural to us, actually. 
when your kids on the playground, it's like, hey man, what's up? Like, hey, I got this toy. We want to go put. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, guarded, <laughs> you yep. know, worried or trying to get a job like through a connection or, yep. you know, it's just like let's let's play. Yeah, it seems to be the the connection point. And people have measured there's a magnetic field coming off of the heart, and really it's the strongest emanation in the body. And it would make sense that our bodies also have receptors able to read magnetic fields from the hearts of those around us. And also people, and I find that when I'm in that center point of, of stillness in the center of my heart, I can tune into people much better. And also there's people who talk about being able to tune into the heart, the core of the earth, you know, relate to the earth mother from that place. You get there yourself and then you can commune with the earth and commune with the sun and commune with anything which has its own center. I I love that point. It's totally a beautiful part of this experience for me, you know, is you learn it with the plants too. You, you, um, they did this interesting study on bonobo monkeys uh, where they were like, how do animals figure out what to eat? You know, it's always thought that, you know, uncle Bob ate this berry and he died and now we don't eat that anymore. And, you know, they found out that wasn't true at all. Mm. That they, they took them to this Island where they knew none of the indigenous flora and fauna. And they found the animals just knew they would come to the plants, smell, taste, and they could totally sense through sense awareness, understand and communicate with the plant. And I've very much had this experience a lot in my career as an herbalist. And you hear this with a lot of herbalism herbalists where they're like, the plants talk to me and people go, (laughs) but it's not like they're speaking English to you. They're not like, Hey Bob, come over here. I got (laughs) this. Like, it's more like that you feel something like, You know, uh, and you just look and you're like, oh, what's, oh, hey, I've never seen this plant. And you look it up and you're like, whoa, this is for what I'm dealing with, with my, you know, it's it's amazing. Like, so, and synchronistic, it's more, you know, language of nature that when we quiet ourselves down and drop into our heart awareness, we can, we all know what to do. We all can see clearly. We all have higher self and good guidance coming through. How many times do you say, I should listen to myself? You know, yep. we got to get back to trusting our own selves. We've learned to trust authority. We put all of our trust into something that outside of our own faculties and experience, which is like crazy, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind. Internal, internal authority versus external authority. That was another theme in the, the last podcast that I just did. So thanks for bringing that up. And um, I agree. It's the... I mean, the world looks pretty crazy, pretty crazy <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, and it really seems like there's almost no solution from the, the, from the traditional, the way that most people seem to be looking at it. Of We have to kind of force it to go the way that we want it to go and use external authority to control people. And I think, no, that's not going to work. That's why we're here. The solution is for every individual to, to say, I'm going to be the solution. I'm the, I'm going to embrace my internal authority and responsibility. And um, I think, I think the heart thing really is very closely tied into that. Yes. Yes. I bless up. I love that. That's, you know, that's the empowerment. This is when we reclaim our, we've given all our power to politicians and priests and doctors and 
we actually have all that as psychologists, we have all that potential to resolve that within us mm-hmm. in our own psychology and our own practice and lifestyle. And if we can take on that responsibility, then we're in strength and wholeness. And then we can share that, you know, and, and lead our communities, lead our families. You know, if you, if you can't lead yourself and grow that in yourself, how do you expect to show anyone else or move anything anywhere? Le- you know, leading we all want some big solution from on high. So we don't have to work on. Right. You know? Leading through example rather than, and through inspiration rather than through threat <laughs> and force. Yeah. Yes. And coercion. Yes. And, and, you know, honoring people's dignity of choice. Everyone has the right to decide yes or no, yeah. you know? So, and that's part of this, a huge part of this pranic lifestyle too, you know, just with even like regular stuff, like I'm going to eat this and I'm not going to eat that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or yeah, I'm going to take a vaccination or I'm not going to take a vaccination or whatever it is, you know, um, just having your, that liberty to let your own guidance guide you and tell you what's best for you and everyone else do what they will, you know, because they're going to (laughs) anyway. Exactly. So uh, before we move on, I want to, I want to see if there's any more meditations that you do. There is another, and I'll just mention it briefly because it's, it's, kind kind of uh long but you can google uh, youtube there's plenty of videos about the microcosmic orbit it's the taoist meditation and essentially you're focusing on different energy centers in your body and moving the kundalini energy through your consciousness up and down your spine Mm -hmm. um and so there's one that's the first one's like in your dantian point a couple you know inches below your belly button then then your genitals then your perineum then your coccyx, then in between your shoulder blades, a little higher, and then also at the back base of the neck, the top of the, you know, fontanelle, the third eye, throat chakra, the heart chakra, and the solar plexus. So you just take, you know, you meditate like we were doing before, putting awareness on your heart center, do that for all those different points. And I find that's really good because it actually opens up all the different parts of your mind. Your mind is not, is not just up here. Actually, most of your mind is down here because all of those plexus and nerve ganglion and even your heart itself is 60% neural tissue. So it is a brain, you know, and now they're saying, of course, your gut, uh, all of the, uh, uh, microbes create all of the neurotransmitters and actually the plexus and ganglion in your uh, gut are more than that that are in your head and that's why there's that gut feeling right people get a gut feeling that's actually your mind telling you something you know so it sounds like you're focusing on each of those chakra points going downwards and then up back up the back and just it's kind of a, a circuit and um sounds like it's basically just opening up because if, if you're going to use energy in the best way possible, then you also need the body to be able to transmit energy from one place to another really easily in a, in a big wide open pipe, you know? And yes, uh, exactly. Do you, Precisely. Do you do the part where you breathe in up the spine and, and down out back down? Yes. So starting with checking all those points, and then after you've done it once, like I'll spend like maybe 
I'll, I'll usually count breaths. I like threes, so I'll do six or nine, you know, at each spot. And then I'll breathe up and down the spine. And what this is, the spine is like the, the power station, you know. The nerves and ganglion are actually where all the electricity moves through. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you made that uh, analogy of the pipe, a big pipe versus a small pipe is the perfect thing. thing. Most people breathe shallowly. They're full, you know, their guts are overfilled, you know, the lymph system is filled, you know, so there's stagnation. It's, their mind isn't able to flow freely. And they say it's something like 60 or 70% of your energy goes to digestion. Mm-hmm. So what if you free up energy from digestion by extending yourself into fasting and growing your ability there, you can, all that energy goes into, you know, cleaning up and rehabilitating the cells in your own body and then mind power, you know? So we can use that uh, energy as creative juice to solve the problems that we have, you know, that I've presented. So it's not just finding new sources of energy. It's also optimizing your current brains on energy, right? So um, and it, like food, food, the digestion, you're getting probably more food from digesting than you're losing, but you're still losing a huge amount digesting and also the process of cleaning up any toxins and stuff that are in your body. And so if you can minimize that process, and this is scientifically known that, that it's, it's very useful to the body to fast and stuff like that, but there's other ways to optimize or reduce how much energy you're using. One would be to w- make sure that you're warm. You know, that would, uh, staying warm is a huge drain on your energy. And, and I found personally that um, semen retention, not, not ejaculating, and uh, it has a huge effect. I mean, I, I would say it's like the most important biohack that I have beyond the sun. Like being in the sun is number one, but not ejaculating is by far the most. And when I do accidentally, because I never do on purpose, because I just know it's not worth it. It's not worth how far I'm going to fall. Um, and it's just, it's just such a big, amazing difference. And I know that you kind of have found similar things. I know that El, El Tom also, he sees celibate. And so, yeah. Um, what's your experience with that? That is a great and very fascinating point of interest to me. And it's part of Ellie Tom's teaching. I've, I was already moving into it naturally, um, uh, because, you know, men in our culture are way oversexed in the worst time of their life possible. You know, and, you know, it's really become, it's, it disturbs them. It disturbs women. It's, it's not resonant with, with our true, you know, integrity and nobility, you know, and it's this thing of temper, all of these things between not eating or, you know, not ejaculating. It's part of temperance, learning to, to be in control of your own mind and your own urges, you know. (laughs) Nice. That's the tarot temperance card. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. And then, you know, beyond that, it's like, these are the best of your cells. These are the, and if you recirculate them, they become more and more potent, more and more um, strong. And this recirculating in your body um, makes you more potent and more strong. It is your creative energy. It's your DNA. It's your creative essence. It's you, you know, and people don't. You know, we know that we couple and our, our DNA go together and we make a baby, but we don't realize that we're actually exchanging DNA, even in a kiss. You know, we're this whole idea of like 
us being separate is a total illusion. Yep. But keeping your that your semen in your body or your sexual fluid um, is part of this potential of the enlightenment experience too. And that every month your your body uh, tries to have a natural enlightenment enlightenment kundalini awakening where you have a physical psycho spiritual seed that's bird and then travels up the spine as long as well as the blood that can dump the pituitary pineal gland and that's what opens the crown chakra um so um it's you know in sex scenes they'll uh you know sex crimes they'll use black light to look for you know discharge because it phosphoresces it is light mm -hmm. um and so we can have this circulating within us. It's making us more potent. It's an actual form of energy because it is, you know, that word nut, nutrition, nuts. It's all very much etymologically related. Um, so this is a form of nutrition in your own body. And beyond that, as it recirculates and potentizes, if you do couple, if you find the right person in your holiness, and you do this with intentionality, you're giving your progeny super potential start, you know, yep. not like a seed that just been, you know, it's kind of piddly. This is like super strong seed. And I think you know? it's, and it's, uh, it's not just the nutrients that are in the sperm and that went into the sperm to make it. I mean, the way that I think about it, you think about a battery, it's got the two poles and the battery's energy is really about the difference between pressure between these two sides and if they get connected it'll flow and so if you build up more pressure which is kind of like not ejaculating for a long period of time you can feel this source of energy building up inside of you and then when it does happen like for me nocturnal emissions is, is a thing that will happen but my experience is it feels like the energy is being released and it's going somewhere else and it's no longer in me and it's a nice experience but I feel less than I was before. I feel drained afterwards if, if I have a seminal release nocturnally or, you know, I'm married, you know, like we still have, uh, you know, uh, intimate life, you know, but both of us, we're in our forties, you know, we have three kids. We've like, it's more about our soul connection at this point, you know? So, um, you know, it's, to me, I, I want to save my potency, you know, and I, I want to, you know, uh, maintain my relations with my wife because it's a key part of, um, you know, human bonding. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, breatharians who would say no and that Tantra is bad and, you know, what have you. But families are good. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a stage. Yeah, it's a stage along, along the journey. And, you know, honestly, within myself, there's a part of me that wants to go through the householder stage. Um, but there's also a big part of me that kind of wants to just jump right into the, the forest monk. You know what I mean? You, I, that's been part of my quandary is I've been, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm a yogi forest monk, but I'm also very much a family man. So it feels like colliding worlds a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a, a total, people in your state have this amazing opportunity and potential where you could really pour a lot of energy into your self-development self-growth, you know, self-awareness connection, you know, yeah. and, you know, but yeah, it's like, well, I'll move into there to that phase in the right. That's my dominant philosophy is like Wu Wei in the right season and time, yeah. you know, we're motivated always through the, from the stars and from the inside out. What, 
what we're supposed to do. So you just follow it and it will lead you to where you're supposed to go. You know? Yep. I, I totally feel that man. So if there's people who are listening and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, I totally feel it in my heart that this is something that I want to do or even are meant to do. Like I feel when I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's it. That's the thing. That's what I meant to do. And, mm -hmm. um, me too. What do you, and let's say they're a three meal a day, you know, they're, they're reasonably healthy. They eat organic or whatever, but what, what mindset should they take? What kind of practices? How should they, what changes should they make first? Okay. Yeah. So the, the, at different ages, you can jump in at different levels, but there's essentially, um, I don't know that I've counted them, but I can list the different practices that are key. You mentioned sexual culti uh, energy cultivation, retaining your seed. That's a, that's a key one. Medit we mentioned meditation. That's a, another key key one. That also I do also qigong. Uh, that I you know is not just you know you get stretches and stuff like that, and that's important also for opening up you know these panels. But you're also building. It's another way to build energy. So you have energy building practices like that or sun gazing you know um also exercise is key it's very important you know people would think you know you're not going to eat and you're just going to shrivel up and you're just going to sit on the couch and not be able to move and be weak and but that it you can't do that on this path you will shrivel up you will recede you do have to be you know and it's just an important part of a healthy mentality and lifestyle anyways if you they say if you do 15 minutes of exercise a day that's like key for healing depression you know or any mental instability hydration and exercise are two major things that influence our well-being that people neglect mm -hmm. you know so you know that can be anything you can do anything you can play do your favorite you know i love to skateboard i love to hike i love to snowboard i love you know um i do calisthenics uh, I love acrobatics mm -hmm. and Kung Fu and, you know, so just, you know, find your thing and, and play with it. Yeah. It's um, amazing. It's amazing. Like Elotom, he's been really focused the last few years on uh, basically getting ripped, like super, super ripped. And it's really, it's fairly easy because you have very little body fat, but you know, he doesn't use any equipment. He does, you know, just normal push-ups or pull-ups or dips or whatever, stuff like that. And he's just, it's just like, wow, man, you look totally awesome. And people would think that there's no way that that's possible. Like, where is that? Where are the components of protein coming from if he's not eating? So this is the huge thing. This is a huge thing, the protein myth. You know, people have been sold this whole thing of protein, 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 protein. It's been the main dietary consideration for decades now. And if you look at the blue zones on the earth of super centarians, you know, centarians and super centarians in places like Sardinia, you know, or like, you know, in the Orient or, you know, these places, people, there's, there's like three major components, low protein diet. That doesn't mean no meat, but it means low, you know, not three meals a day, maybe once a week, you know, or twice a week or something like that. Also naturally grown locally available, you know, high quality foods you know prepared in traditional ways so that's what has ke keeps people around the world 
living to the age of a hundred or more in happiness and health, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, and your health really is your wealth. If you got your millions and you got, you know, everything you want, but you're not well and you can't enjoy it. What's yeah. it worth? Yeah. So, you know, it, th- that's, you know, really key. I would say, you know, for people starting, there's also the diet and fasting aspect. So moving towards as much as possible, organic, local, plant-based, you know, plant-based meaning primarily plants. People take that to mean you got to be a vegan. That's not necessarily for everyone. You know, you got to honor people where they're at too, you know, but that those have proven to be healing diet, you know, across the world. So it's something to take heed of when that, when that happens in like a more universal fashion like that. Um, so I would suggest, you know, moving to plant-based, you know, doing some exercise daily, doing some meditation or something at the beginning of the day or the end of the day is the best time to meditate because you're already in like a subconscious state and it's a lot easier to practice there. And the neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more you entrain states of well-being and relaxation at the beginning or end of the day, the more that carries over from day to day. Totally. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge part of this energy balance. You can't be like a breath air and trying to fast. If you're all irate and, uh, you know, like you're going to blow out your energy. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta contain yourself, you know? Um, so um, I really like, I've been sharing uh, for the last year, this really great cleanse um, f- from a company called Perium. And I really like them because Essentially, it's like a pranic uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an ultimate transformation, which combines intermittent fasting with superfood juices, a probiotic that cleans glyphosate out of the body, uh, aminos um, that go that are vegan that go to your lymphs. They are absorbed by your lymph system. They're not even digested. They go straight into your body, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then you have a high orac. Uh, mineral uh, um, tart cherry juice that you drink in the evening. It induces melatonin so you sleep better and it rejuvenates your cells while you're sleeping. So it's the intermittent fasting combined with cleaning out, you know, the cells, the, you know, eliminatory system, the lymphatic system, you know, supplanting good nutrient, you know, and then um, this is also an anabolic cleanse. So like most cleanses will, just like kind of waste you away this will actually build you physically especially if you exercise while you do it you know and then you know you'll get to rest actual rest because you'll sleep deeper and and while you're sleeping which is one of another one of the pranic uh things that i should forget to mention is sleep is a huge thing people undervalue sleep it is a medicine you know it's an it's it's unconscious meditation so um, yeah, that's, that's something I really love to share in terms of people who would be interested in activating it, but you can just take out, that's the lovely thing about this is all of this is free from nature. Like you can just take the sun, you know, from the sky and go be out in it. You can go ground your feet. You can tune into your own body through meditation and sexual uh, energy cultivation, you know, uh, and then, you know, food, that's the other passion of mine, of course, is permaculture and wildcrafting. Is like food is free. 
ultimately we need to move toward rebuilding that in our culture. All, all the other animals don't pay at the grocery store, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we in our, I feel like in our sort of more divine state, our life cultivationists in that we're here to like grow life, to make systems more vital, that that's our, more natural to us than breaking them down. So, sorry, I rant. No, no, that's rants. perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually personally really interested in the whole Purim thing. I've, I've reduced my diet down to, I eat once a day, basically. And I can't, now that I'm there and I've been there for so long, I can't even imagine eating more than one meal a day because it's just, just because of the work you have to put into it and the time it takes. And I also feel bogged down in my body whenever I'm digesting and my mind is not as clear and I'm not as energetic and I'm not as happy when I'm digesting. Right now, though, my diet is very focused on minimizing cost. And uh, so like, it's like my goal to get to the point where I can sustain the Purium situation for basically indefinitely because it definitely looks like a really clean, really healthy uh, system from people who really care about making sure the products are good. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Like, I, you know, me, I'm very purist <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, I researched, they, they, like for instance, their farms are grown 30 miles from anywhere even spraying glyphosate, whereas a lot of the organic fields and stuff are just downwind or downstream, so they're totally getting that glyphosate mm -hmm. when you get stuff from Whole Foods or whatever, you know. Um, they um, use regenerative uh, agricultural practices, so they're actually healing land, and then they also um, are taking these fresh, these vegetables right off the field, pressing it right away and then freeze drying it. So it holds its freshness. Mm. So it's really hard to get that freshness unless you're growing it your own. So that's another reason why I like to share it because not everybody has the situation I do, or, you know, I feel like everyone can grow food everywhere, even if you're in an apartment, but it might be hard to grow your needs, you know, yeah. of fresh food, you know? So, um, this isn't a way to get, really high quality fresh fruit to kickstart your pranic engine, you know, and, you know, I just, I, it's been a little bit of a weird thing for me because I've been so used with, to like tactically working with these beautiful plant medicines and now I got these powders, but they, what they do in, in my body are so wonderful. Like it's really made this pranic process easy for me, especially trying to run my, you know, three businesses and ten, tend my three boys in my homestead, you know, to be able to just shake up a bottle of green juice or some, you know, medicinal mushroom, you know, you know, fortified chocolate drink or, you know, yeah. it's pretty handy. So, yeah, it sounds like they process, process it in a way so that it can kind of have a shelf life yet maintain its life force in a way. Yeah, it'll keep for two to three years. So it's great for like man dwell dwellers and preppers and stuff like that, you know, and just, I just, I'm always, you know, I'm a homesteader. So we, you know, are always gathering herbs and gathering stuff from the garden and troving it up. And, and I have, you know, a trove in my root cellar down there of all that stuff and perium, you know, because um, I see it as a mainstay for, like, it's easy for getting my boys to, like, be like, yeah, okay, I'll take some vegetable juice, you know, uh -huh. instead of like, uh, yeah, I don't want vegetables. <laughs> 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 Let's make some meat. <laughs>
So, so if, if people are interested in Purium, what, how do they get involved with that type of thing? Um, so you can reach out to me um, or, uh, yeah, I guess that's the easiest way is just to hit me up. You know, my, uh, you can email me Zia Energetics. Uh, that's Z-I-A-E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S LLC at gmail.com or ziapermaculture.com is our website. You know, um, I'm on Facebook. You can hit me up that way, but I can get you a, uh, that way I can get you a $50 gift card off and, you know, fill out any, you know, questions you may have. So mm-hmm. cool. And you also, you also have a YouTube channel where you occasionally do videos on talking about these type of things, talking about meditation, talking about permaculture. Uh, so yeah, people can check that out as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For reminding me. Yeah. We, we do try to share with our community as much as possible. I feel like if I can empower you all to be your healthiest and best and have tools for sovereignty and to be solid and stable, that actually benefits. That's a form of insurance for me. You know what I mean? Yep. And if we lift each other up in that way and support each other, we can be stronger. That's right. And to take that leading role is important in this time. I feel. Yeah. It's a win, win, win. Like there's no, you know, you have to take in order for to succeed. No, we can all succeed together. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we also offer classes on that note. So just hit me up. I'd love to be of service to you. Cool. All right, Jesse, thanks for coming on. It's great talking with you. And I hope that we can do this again. Lovely as always, Callan. So great to see you, my brother. Thank you very Let's much. Let's get together soon. Yeah. All right. Much love. I love you.